praise His name this morning. To God be the glory. We still have a couple more over here. Let's just worship Him this morning. Allow Him to speak to our hearts. Dennis, will you come and prepare to read the Word this morning? We want to give place for God to have His way and His will. Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and ready by all men. You are manifestly an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect, because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were hardened, for until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, the veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit, and when the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror of the glory of the Lord, are being transformed to, into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. The Word of the Lord. Be to God. Amen. 
It's kind of a difficult passage. And I haven't preached but one eight-minute sermon since February 19th. So you're going to give me a little latitude this morning, right? I saw, I heard maybe one amen in that. Here's the story. Let's start with verse 1 for just a minute. The folks at Corinth, some of them were having a little bit of difficulty in the fact that they were new Christians that did not yet know Paul. And so some of them said, who is this Paul? Maybe we should get somebody to write a letter of recommendation for him. And so Paul, he, he hears about this. And uh, by the way, this is free. You don't have to pay for this one. You will notice that we have in our Bible not one letter from the church to the apostles. Not one. The word of the Lord through the man of God was the way God intended to communicate his message. That doesn't mean you can't be a vessel through which the Holy Spirit flows. It just means that God really doesn't, is not concerned on what we think or how we feel on a given instance. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So God through Paul, wrote back to these people, and he said to them, what do you mean, letter of recommendation? I don't need no stinking letter of recommendation. No, that's not what he said. But I don't need a letter of recommendation. He said, I, you know me, I know you. And it's not because of the known part, not because we're buddies, not because we're friends, but because we share... The same Christ. He said, as a matter of fact, verse 2, he said, you yourselves are our letter. Now, I have been here with you. I will be, by the time I finish, nine months. I've been here eight months and a week so far. Oh, no, in a day, I guess, so far. But in the eight months, there is a part of what I see in you, and I'm not taking pride in seeing, but I'm saying to you that I see you are testimony of the fact that I have preached God's Word and you are reflecting that Word back to me. So I, like Paul, can say to you, to you, you yourselves are letters written on our hearts. What you have lived has affected me. I will never be the same. After nine months at West Carrollton Church of the Nazarene, I will never be the same hillbilly that I was before I came. I am marked for life. You are marked for life. The message that God has written on our hearts is known and recognized by everybody. You do not have the ability to live a life incognito. 
that you may think there's times that you can live. I'm on vacation. I don't have to worry about it. Right. You know how many times I've been on a vacation apart from everybody and everything and somebody turns the corner and they're like, I know you. What if I weren't acting like Christ? What kind of message would I send then? I am a message from Christ read by everybody. And verse 3 reiterates the fact that you are a letter from Christ. Now, what does that mean? If I tell you I found a letter, what would you ask me? Who's it from? What else would you ask me? What's it say? And what else would you ask me? Who's it to? Who's it from? Who's it to? And what message is it transmitting? You are letters. Who from? Christ. Jesus Christ is the author of the letter of your life. He's changed you. He's metamorphosized your life. You are no longer ugly caterpillars. You're now beautiful butterflies. You have been metamorphosized by the presence of Christ in you. Who are you too? Remember the last verse? Read by... To whom it may concern. Your life is a letter from Jesus Christ written on your hearts to everybody. What does it say? Think about that just a minute. What's your life say to the rest of the world? If you could pick one word that was the message of your life from Jesus Christ written on your life that the rest of the world reads, what would it say? I'm really not sure there's a whole lot of things going through my mind, but one word just keeps clamoring up and jumping to the top and jumping up and down, and that is redeemed. Redeemed. You look at my life, I want you to see the redemption of Jesus Christ. I want you to see that he can take somebody that was worthless, that was nothing, and make him into something that reflects his image. That's what I want my life to do. What do people see when they see yours? Now there's something phenomenal about this because... God wrote to man before, but he chiseled it out on tablets of stone. And he wrote, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt. Thou shalt, thou shalt not. See, that that was a different perspective of God. And when Moses received those tablets... 
and encountered the presence of God. Do you remember what happened to him? He shone with what? With the Shekinah glory of the Most High God. His face was radiant with the glory of God. So much so that when he got down there in the presence of the people, the people said, hide your face from us. It's too bright. Too much of God on you. You understand when God comes, when the presence of God is there, when He truly shines, we have difficulty just being in that presence. I was up in the choir singing on the, on the mountainside two nights ago in the, in the living cross. And we were singing about, oh, the blood of Jesus. And God came. I couldn't contain it. I laughed and I cried and I praised. I was supposed to be singing. But God came. When God comes, His glory transforms us from corruptible man to holy God's children. And it showed up so much on Moses' face that the people finally said, look, you have to wear a veil because it's got to block the glory. We can't exist in the presence of this holy glory of God. And then Paul says in this letter that that glory was incredible. That message was written on stone, and the glory that accompanied the message was incredible. But it is nothing compared to the glory that shines in your heart. Now I have a question for you. If the Israelites, God's people, were overwhelmed by the glory of God on the face of Moses. And the glory that is in your hearts is greater than the glory that was on Moses' face. How uncomfortable do you make the people around you? No, I'm not talking about by the goat-choking Bible that you carry. I'm not talking about the fact that you wear shirts that say West Carrollton Church of the Nazarene. By the way, I'm wearing these all the time now because I've got like four more weeks to wear them out. And I, I'm not talking about by the stuff your clothing says. I'm not talking about by by simply the, the fact that you can preach God's Word. I'm not talking about the fact that you carry around a Bible. I'm not talking about your accusatory nature. That does nothing to transform lives. 
But what I'm saying is, is the Christ in you so uncomfortable that when somebody uses God's name in your presence, they look at you and say, oh, I'm sorry. You get what I'm talking about? Or when somebody tells an off-color joke and then says to you, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were here. Y'all look a little uncomfortable this morning. Your letters from Jesus Christ. What are you telling the world with the glory that is present or absent from your life? How uncomfortable does your presence make those who want to participate in sinful actions around you? Not because of your accusations, not because of your preaching, not because of the scripture verses that you quote, but because God's glory is all over you. And I want you to notice something else. Jesus was not the least bit uncomfortable around sinners. Sinners were not uncomfortable around Jesus. It's just that they weren't practicing their sin while they were around him. So your presence should not make people uncomfortable just to be uncomfortable. It's just that people shouldn't feel like they can sin around you and it's all right. Again, not because of what you say, not because you glare at them, not because you say shame, 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 but because you exude Jesus Christ. I hate selling a car to an individual. You know why? Because I kind of feel responsible for that car. And if somebody buys something from me and it dies, I, I kind of want to give them their money back. Do you know why? Because I'm a letter written from Jesus Christ. I kind of hate buying something from somebody at a real cheap price when they don't know what they have and I'm making bucks on it. You know why? Because I'm a letter written from Jesus Christ. What are they going to think if I am taking advantage of them? Now, I, I, mean, I like to get a good deal. Don't get me wrong. I went by the store this week and they had shirts for like half price, more than half price off. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want because I'm losing like five of them with the name written across them and I, I got to replace them. So I'm not saying we don't do deals and I'm not saying we don't 
get the best price we can for something. But what is your testimony doing to the people around you? Do they see Jesus Christ in you? Men, when you look at a woman, does she get uncomfortable because you're looking in the wrong way? Hello. That's testimony. And I don't care if it's not another sister in Christ. It doesn't, that's not the issue. It is about what we are doing to spread the message of Jesus Christ that's written on our hearts. Sometimes I think we've got the message of Jesus Christ written on our hearts like those etch-a-sketches. You know, it's barely discernible. And then all it takes is a little shaking and it's gone. I think when Jesus Christ truly comes and transforms our lives, that we ought to be testaments of who he is and what he stands for by the very virtue of the things that we say, the things that we do, how we act, how we walk, how we talk, what other people perceive us to be. They ought to always be able to look at us and say, there goes a child of God. If Jesus were here, that's what he'd look like. In just a few minutes, we're going to baptize some believers. And by the way, if you're here this morning and you have not been baptized and you need to testify of God's grace in your heart and life, and you're truly done with sin, and you understand you are a testament from God, I'll baptize you even though you haven't told me I need to be baptized. But you have to be through with sin. You have to be ready to renounce Satan and his hold on your life. And you have to be ready to say, I am saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, and I will live for him eternally. In just a minute, we've got some who have confessed that already, who have given testimony of the grace of Christ in their lives. We're going to baptize them. And when they come up from that water, they're going to say to the world, I am a letter from God.